Woo! Uh, four more weeks till summer, right? Is that right? Four more weeks? I'm going to do this. Four weeks? Is that like, are, is, is anyone counting down the days until summer is here? Anyone excited about summer at all or about anything right now? What's happening? How are you guys doing? Are you good or are you like asleep? What is happening? Well, uh, just in case you didn't know this, uh, all throughout summer, we're going to be having H12 every single week, every Wednesday. That's right. So uh, make sure that you guys keep coming to hang out with us when you're in town every Wednesday from 7 to 8.30. We're going to be here. It's going to be awesome. And so make sure you keep uh, inviting people to be here. Now, uh, some of you know this. We just started a series last week called Getting Past Your Past. And the reason we're doing this series is because the events of your past have a way of showing up again and again in your future. Uh, so no matter who you are or where you come from, there's stuff that's happened in your past that no matter how hard you try, it just keeps showing up again and again and again in your future. And so this series is all about how to navigate uh, kind of the trickiness of the events of your past. And today, we're going to be talking about something that I think I think when it comes to like the past holding us back, this is the number one issue. This is the number one thing that keeps us from moving forward, keeps us from moving forward in our faith, moving forward in relationships. Like this topic today, I think is the most important thing when it comes to getting past your past. And so today, the topic we're talking about is forgiveness, is forgiveness. So uh, I thought it would be appropriate to start off with a story about a time that I had to forgive one of my friends when I was in college. Uh, this takes place my junior year at UGA. Go dogs, right? Uh, how many of you are UGA fans? Let me see. That's it. That's it. Uh, how many of you are Florida fans? Okay, the door is right over there. You may kindly leave. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, Florida is a terrible team though. It's an awful team. Uh, but it's fine because I love you guys, just not your team. Uh, so anyways, it was, it was my junior year, and I was hanging out with a guy named Andrew German. Now, if that name rings a bell for you, that's because he was the bassist in this band called Eighth Degree. It's whatever. So uh, I went to college with a guy named Andrew German. We were good friends. We did a lot of stuff together, and one of the things that we did was every game day, you would find me and my buddy Andrew German between the hedges cheering on the dogs. And not just that, we would actually, uh, we would take our shirts off, right, ladies, I'm just kidding. That's creepy now, because I'm married. Anyways, um, it wasn't at the time, though. And so, uh, actually, side note, the very first time I met Catherine's parents, I met them without a shirt on. So that's a uh, fun, t it's because I was painted up at a UGA game. That's when I first met them. So anyways, he and I would, uh, we would paint up every single week that there was a game at UGA. In fact, we were actually featured in a magazine called Dog Time. We were. Uh, that's not me, by the way, in case some of you thought that's not, that's a guy named Aaron Murray. This is the picture on page 14 of Dog Time, and I think we have a picture of it up here. Uh, 14 of Dog Time, I was featured. Can you guys spot which one I am? That's right, zoom in a little bit. Yeah! Look, just looking so tough, like, uh, I'm not taking anything, right? By the way, the R, uh, is the central letter in Georgia, okay? It's like the cornerstone of Georgia, it is. Like, without, without the R, it doesn't, like, it's Jaja, you know? Like, you need the R in there. So, uh, some of you are like, oh, I get it now. Uh, 
so, so we, were, we were cheering on the dogs, and it was a game day, and I'm like laser beam focused, right? I'm watching, watching the dogs play, and they're dominating, of course, because that's what we do. Go big or go home. And sometimes we go home, but it's whatever. Uh, and so I'm watching them, and, uh, and my friend, Andrew German, gives me a five-star. Now, some of you, when you hear that, you're like, how thoughtful for him to give you, like, because you think a five-star is a good thing. Because after all, like a five-star on like Yelp, right? That's a good thing. Five-star on Google, that's a good thing. A five-star in real life given to you by your friend is not a good thing. Uh, how many of you know what a five-star is? Okay. For those of you that don't know, a five-star is when you take your hand, you spread your fingers wide, and then you just slap someone's back as hard as you possibly can. Okay. That's a five-star, and it's, it is, uh, it's, it's not fun. So, so I'm watching the UGA game, and out of nowhere, I feel, I feel something like fire, like hit my back, like, like my back was on fire, and it was him giving me a five-star, and this was the result. Yeah. Like, you can see the bones in his hand where they connected with my flesh. Yeah. Now here's the deal, okay? A lot of people in this situation, they'd be angry, right? They'd hold a grudge, like they'd be upset that someone would do that, but not me. I, uh, I took the high road, you know? I did. I, I, forg- I forgave him, I did. I forgave my friend Andrew German. And then I hit him right back with a five-star. And so this is what it looked like. Yeah, what's up? So, uh, but I did, I did forgive him. Uh, in fact, like, it really, like, it wasn't anything to forgive him, right? Like, forgiving him was actually a very easy, easy thing to do. Because he didn't really do anything. Like, we were just guys being guys. We were just hanging out. It's kind of like a prank. Like, that was a very easy thing to forgive. Uh, and it reminds me of this quote that I love by a guy named C.S. Lewis. And this is what he said. He said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they actually have something to forgive. Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they actually have something to forgive. Because, see, I didn't, I didn't really have anything to forgive. Like, we were just messing around. But some of you actually have something to forgive. Because, see, some of you in here, like, you had this group of friends, and you used to always hang out together, and everything was great. And then for whatever reason, one of your friends starts gossiping. And then before you knew it, your, your whole group of friends, like, split apart. And then there are some people that, like, you just would spend every day with, and now they act like you don't even exist. And you actually have something to forgive. Because it still hurts. Others of you, you were, you were dating someone, and... While you were dating your ex-boyfriend, your ex-girlfriend, they cheated on you with someone else. And in your mind, you're thinking, that is unforgivable. Like, you just don't do that. You don't cheat on someone. You don't. You actually have something to forgive. Because what they did is completely uncalled for. And it hurts. For some of you, uh, some of you, it's, it's your parents. It's your mom. Like, your your mom doesn't love you the way you feel like your mom should love you. Or maybe your mom doesn't love you the way you see other moms love people. And so it hurts. 
and you see her every day, and it upsets you because you actually have something to forgive. Or for some of you, it's your dad, because your dad has just, like, he's always working, and so he's emotionally just distant, never talks to you. And all this frustration is building up in you because you actually, you have something to forgive. For some of you, your dad just left, and he's not a part of your life at all. And the thought of forgiving him is so painful because you actually have something to forgive. It's not just like a five-star prank from your friend. It's an actual, authentic issue that hurts. And see, for me, I was, I was 20 years old, and I was rooming uh, with my best friend. He and I had known each other for a few years, and like we did everything together. We, uh, uh, we, we would always go to the dining hall together, because uh, he kind of liked to eat, but I love to eat. Like, I just... Just, and by the way, UGA is a great place to go because they have four dining halls and one of them is open 24 hours a day. It's whatever. And so I, I would eat there all the time and he and I would always travel together and we'd eat together. We'd, we, we, like we would just go everywhere together. We would do everything together. We were best friends. He was my roommate and he was my accountability partner. And so I told him stuff that I didn't tell anyone else because I trusted him. He was my best friend. He knew more about me than anyone else knew. And then one day... For whatever reason, like something in him, like a, like a switch just flipped. And he went from being someone that I could trust, someone that was caring, compassionate, to all of a sudden, he's lashing out in anger. Because he, he had anger management issues. And not, not anger management issues like, oh, he, um, you know, he kind of gets upset sometimes. But like I'm talking anger management issues like he forgot to take his medication, anger management issues. Like he actually punched a hole through a wall, anger management issues like yelling obscenities at the top of his lungs to complete stranger anger management issues and for whatever reason when this switch inside of him flipped he took all that venom and all that anger and he just directed it like a laser beam focus at one person it was me and he knew more about me than anyone else and so when he said things to me, they hurt more than anyone else ever could. And it was incredibly, incredibly painful. And now all of a sudden I have something to forgive. And so I began wrestling with this question. Should I forgive him? Should I forgive him? And some of you are wrestling with that same question. Should I forgive them? Should I forgive him? Should I forgive her? Because believe me, for me, everything in me wanted to hold on to that grudge. Because he hurt me more than anyone else has ever hurt me. In fact, there are many things that he said to me that I still remember to this day. There, there are apprehensions I have in relationships with other people because of what he did to me. And so forgiving him, that was the last thing on my mind. That's the last thing I wanted to do. Why should I forgive him? And some of you are asking the same question. And Jesus Jesus knew that we would struggle with this. He knew that we would get in fights with one another. He knew that we would say things with one another. And he knew that forgiveness was going to be so difficult for us. And so Jesus, son of God that came to this earth, talked about forgiveness multiple, multiple times. And I want to look at one specific example of him talking about forgiveness in Matthew chapter 18. So I want you to go ahead, grab your Bibles underneath your chairs. Uh, maybe they're on your lap. I want to look at Matthew 18 
on page 985. Page 985. And I want to uh, set up the scene for you. So, so Jesus has kind of gathered up all of his followers together. And he, he starts telling them about reconciliation. Specifically, he says, when there's someone that's like in your community that messes up and you want to reconcile that relationship, there's three steps you got to take. So he says, first, when someone messes up, here's the first step you take. And hopefully after you take that first step of reconciliation, that person turns around and they become part of your community again. But if they don't, then here's the next step you take. And if that still doesn't work, here's your last resort. And so Jesus lays out these three steps towards reconciliation, towards forgiveness. And Peter is hanging out in the crowd. And so after Jesus finishes talking about the three steps towards reconciliation, towards forgiveness, Peter speaks up. And I, uh, I don't know this for sure, but this is kind of my guess. I think, I think that Peter was trying to like suck up to Jesus a little bit. Like he was trying to get on Jesus's good side. Like, uh, uh, do you guys have anyone in your class that like they, um, sometimes they ask a question to the teacher, but you know they don't care about the answer. They're asking the question because they want the teacher to be impressed with their question. Like, has anyone ever done that? Do you know anyone like that, right? That like, you know, when they raise their hand and they start asking, you're like, like, no one, no one cares at all. Like, why are you asking this question? And then sure enough, sometimes the teacher falls for it and they're like, Johnny, that is such a good, did you hear Johnny's question? If only you guys could be like Johnny, right? And you're like, Johnny doesn't care. Like, he's just sucking up to you. So I think that's what Peter did, right? So Jesus lays out the three steps towards reconciliation, and then, and then Peter speaks up. Then Peter came to Jesus, and he said, Lord, right? That's always good. If you call your teacher Lord, they probably will like you. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Right? Like, Jesus, you just said we should forgive basically three times, right? Jesus, should I forgive them up to seven times, right? And, and, and I think, like, I don't know this, but I wonder if the other disciples were like, Peter, you don't, like, you don't actually care about, like, you're just trying to make, like, like you're hoping that Jesus is like, Peter, James, did you hear that? Do you hear Peter? Oh, my God. John, John, John. Listen, Peter asked that question again. Oh, my goodness. That was amazing, right? Like, I think that they're expecting, or Peter was expecting Jesus to do this, but Jesus didn't. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In other translations, they say, but 70 times, seven times. <laughs> See, I think, I think Peter was expecting uh, Jesus to be so impressed with his question. And then Jesus did the unthinkable. He said, no, 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 no. No, like, like when, when, when someone wrongs you, right, like they actually wrong you, they hurt you, then you need to forgive them. And then when that person comes back and they wrong you again, you need to forgive them again. And, and, then, and then when they come back to you again and they wrong you again, you need to forgive them again. And then when they come back and they wrong you again, you need to forgive them again. And then you need to forgive them again and again. And you need to forgive them again and then forgive them again. And then when they come back to you and they wrong you and it's like that 50th time, you forgive them again and again and again and again. And this, this whole mindset of forgiving people, this, this mindset that Jesus laid out is totally different than what we do. 
right? Like, like we have a phrase, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but this is the phrase that, that kind of circulates. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Okay? In other words, if you mess up against me or you fool me or you do something once, then that's kind of your fault, right? Like, like that's your fault, and so maybe I'll forgive you. But if you fool me twice, okay, if you wrong me twice, then shame on me because I shouldn't have let you back in my life. Like, if you wrong me, maybe I'll forgive you. But if you wrong me again, shame on me for thinking of ever forgiving you again. And Jesus steps into this culture, and he says, hey, when someone wrongs you once, you forgive them once, and then when they wrong you again, you forgive them again, and you forgive them again, and you forgive them again, and then you forgive them again. And so my question, (laughs) should I forgive this guy, my roommate? Jesus' answer is obvious. It's yes. Yes, you should forgive, and then you should forgive him again. And And I think that this is difficult for us. Like, it's difficult to actually think about forgiving people because of our definition of forgiveness. I think, unfortunately, we have a really bad definition for what forgiveness actually is. For those of you that have grown up in church, I think this is kind of our definition that circulated. Even if you haven't grown up in church, this is your first time to church, then you probably still think of forgiveness in this way. Here's here's kind of our motto when it comes to forgiveness. Um, Forgive and forget. Just forgive and forget, right? Like, like when it, if someone wrongs me, then just forgive and forget, okay? So in other words, here's kind of the idea. If you do something wrong against me, then I need to forgive you, and, and the way that I'll forgive you is I'll just pretend that you didn't actually do that thing, okay? I'm just going to convince myself that the things you said to me didn't actually get said, and the things you did to me they didn't actually get done, and all of my emotions, I'm just going to suppress, and I'm going to just bring it down as low as I can, and I'm just going to try to convince myself that didn't actually happen. That's how I'm going to forgive. Now, now this, this whole method, forgive and forget, there's really two problems with forgive and forget. Uh, one is it's not biblical, okay? This is not from Scripture, um, in fact, some of you who listen to 104.7 The Fish, maybe, um, you're thinking, no, 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 I've heard that in some songs, okay? I've heard things like the phrase, sea of forgetfulness, right? That like, like, doesn't God take our sins and he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness? And that sounds really awesome and poetic and probably like the Bible, except it's not in the Bible. Sea of forgetfulness is not in the Bible, ever, at all. And so this idea of forgive and forget is just not biblical. This isn't what God does with us, and it's not how we're supposed to forgive other people. And the other problem <laughs> is that it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Like when someone actually wrongs you, I'm not talking like five-star, easy stuff to forgive. I'm talking it's difficult to forgive them. I'm talking you're actually struggling with forgiveness. When someone wrongs you, um, You don't just forget about it. Like, there are things that people do to one another that you can't forget. And and, and if you try, here's what happens. Like, someone wrongs you, right? And then you try and like, no, 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 they didn't actually do that. They didn't do that. Like, they didn't do that. And I'm just going to suppress and suppress. And then the moment you see their face, then you're reminded again. And you're like, dang it, they did actually do that. And then you try to suppress, like, okay, forgive and forget, forgive and forget. I'm not going to think about it, not going to think. And then you see him again, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm reminded. Because you can't forget. 
Like when someone hurts you, 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 you don't just forget it. You don't. There are things that my roommate said that I can't just forget. No matter how badly I want to, the pain is real. And for some of you, man, like stuff that your parents have done, stuff that your friends have done, you don't just forget it. You can't just forget it. And so what is forgiveness? Now, now whenever Jesus talked about relationships, there, there was one like main idea that he always came back to, and that's this. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so, and so, like, no matter what happens, you, you got to love your neighbor the same way you love yourself. So however you love yourself, that's how you got to love your neighbor. So however you care for yourself, that's really the way you're supposed to care for other people, which means, which means you need to forgive your neighbor like you forgive yourself. Forgive your neighbor like you forgive yourself. See, because... Every time you do something wrong, you go through a process of self-forgiveness. You do. In fact, I want you to think, think, think to the last thing you did that was wrong, okay? For some of you, that's really easy. You're like, that was like three seconds ago, so I'm there. Uh, others of you, it's like a week, right? But like, think of the last thing you did that you regret, and you're like, I wish I didn't do that. That was no good, okay? Think about that, and, and think about the process of self-forgiveness. What do you do? First thing you do is, is, is you're looking at that thing you did, and you're like, dang it. Dang it, I wish I didn't do that. I, I, wish, I, I wish I didn't do that because I'm better than that. Like, I know that I am. I, like, I know that that's not me. Like, I did that, and I hate that I did that, but that's not me. I'm better than that. And so maybe uh, in, in your process of self-forgiveness, you not only say that to yourself, but you say that to other people. You're like, no, 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 I'm better than that. Like, that's not me. I'm not defined by that thing that I did that was wrong. And then you start cheering yourself on. You're like, I'm, I'm not going to do that again because that was bad. That was wrong. So I'm just not going to do that again. And you start cheering yourself on. And then if you go a day or a week or a month without doing that thing that you know is wrong, you cheer yourself on. You're like, this is awesome. See, I knew I was better than that. And if you mess up again, you say, dang it, dang it, because I know I'm better. I know that that's not me. I know I'm better than that. You cheer yourself on. And so I think Jesus is saying when you forgive other people, you forgive people like you forgive yourself. So when something does something wrong to you, you don't, you don't just forget it. You don't just say, no, 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 that didn't happen. No, you look at it and you say, you did this, and I wish you hadn't, but you're better than that. Like, I think you're better than this. And I hope you don't do that again. Because I believe there's something more for you. And actual forgiveness means that you cheer them on. See, if, like, the biggest test of, of if you've actually forgiven someone is not have you forgotten about what they've done. No. No, because you know what you've done. You know all the stuff that you've done. I know all the stuff that I've done. It's not whether you've forgotten about it. It's whether you're cheering them on. Are you cheering against them or are you cheering for them? Like when they mess up again, what do you do? Do you say, see, see, I told you, see, they did that to me, that's who they are. Or when they mess up again, do you say, dang it, dang it, because I know they're better than that. See, with my roommate, 
He lashed out in anger at me for months of just venom and pain and hurt. And then he started doing that to other people. And at first, you know what my reaction was? See, see, I told you, he did that to me. Now he's, see, I'm not crazy. It's him. He's the one that's wrong. See, he's like, he's a maniac. It's this guy. And then God started to say, no, that's not forgiveness. I don't know what you think you're doing, but that's not forgiveness. See, forgiveness is when he messes up again, you say, dang it. Because I know he's better than that. Forgiveness is when you look past what they've done and you look at who they are and you say, I know that they can be better than this. And I know that deep down, they don't want to have done that. That's what actual forgiveness, actual forgiveness is. It's not forgive and forget. It's love your neighbor. It's forgive your neighbor as you forgive yourself. Now, now some of you in the room, like maybe you're kind of at the point where you're like, okay, well, like I agree. Like that's, like that's fine. Like maybe I agree that you forgive and forget and you, you, know, you don't do that. But, but why? <laughs> like why, why should I forgive? Because after all, Steve, if you knew what they did against me, then, then you wouldn't forgive them. If you knew how bad the hurt was, like, why should I forgive them? And I wonder if this question came up after Jesus said his little spiel about 77. I wonder if while he's talking to the crowds, Peter speaks up. He's like, hey, Jesus, look at how good I am seven times, right? And Jesus is like, no, 77. He's like, dang it. And then I think all the people in the crowd were like, whoa, 77. Like, what? Like, like why, why would we do that? Because right after Jesus says 77... He tells a story. He tells a story about why we should forgive. And here's how the story goes. There's a master, and he, he lends money to his servant. The servant asks the master for lots of money, and, and like lots of, like more money than you can possibly imagine. And then one day, the master calls the servant in and says, hey, you know how you've borrowed all that money from me? Like, that's a lot of money. I need my money back. Like, like you've basically taken my money. Now I need it back. And so the servant gets on his hands and knees and says, no, 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 please, please, I'm sorry, I don't have the money, can you please forgive me, can you cancel my debt? And the master forgives him and cancels the debt. He says, all right, it's yours. All the money that you've borrowed, it's all yours. Just like that. Let's him off, scot-free. And then that servant who's just been forgiven, an unbelievable, like this guy has so much money in his bank account now because of what the master did. And he goes and he finds someone that owes him a few dollars, just a few. And he grabs him by the shoulders and he says, you pay me back every penny that you owe me. And this guy does the same thing. He says, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have any money. And this guy who was just forgiven so much money takes the guy that owes him a few dollars and he throws him in jail. And he says, you're not getting out of jail until you pay me back every penny that you owe me. Now, now, that's ridiculous. This guy was just forgiven, like, so much money, and, and, and another guy owes him a few dollars, and he throws him in jail? Like, how ridiculous is that? And Jesus is saying, that's how ridiculous it is when you don't forgive. See, the master in the story is God. You're the servant. And you have been forgiven an unbelievable amount of money. And whenever someone wrongs you, it's just a few dollars. In fact, when Jesus told this story, he actually put a monetary value to it. 
And, and, and the monetary value, if you, like, if you read it in there, it doesn't really make sense. It talks about like drachmas and stuff, and you're like, I don't know what that means. And so I did the math. And when someone wrongs you, it's the equivalent, according to Jesus in this story, it's the equivalent of about $80, okay? So it's like someone stealing $80 from you, which, by the way, that's significant, right? Like, like $80 is significant. Like that's, like, that's enough to buy an iPhone 5C, roughly, you know? Like, that's, pretty, like that's enough to buy a lot of Chick-fil-A. Uh, like, I, like, I think of things in terms of Chick-fil-A sandwiches, and that's a lot of Chick-fil-A sandwiches, right? $80 is a lot of money. And Jesus also assigns an amount of money for the master who's forgiven the servant. It's $4 billion. $4 billion. So the master takes the servant and basically gives him for free $4 billion. That servant leaves, finds someone that owes him $80 and says, no, I need that money and throws him in jail. Now, for some of you, you're like four billion. That's a lot. I don't think you realize how much it is. So, so I have a little illustration. Uh, imagine if I put eighty crisp one dollar bills in my hand. Uh, if I did that and I smushed it down, it would be about uh, a third of an inch high. So not even half an inch, just a third of an inch high of eighty dollars. Okay. So my roommate that wronged me, uh, he took that much money from me. He took eighty dollars. Like your ex girlfriend, your ex boyfriend, your friend, your dad, your mom. It's like it's like eighty dollars. Okay which hurts, it's not fun, but that's how much they took. If I were to take $1 bills and stack them to $4 billion high, it's 252 miles high of $1 bills. By the way, shuttles that orbit the Earth orbit at about 200 miles above the Earth's surface. So 50 miles above, uh, uh, above shuttles is this tower of money that God has given you. That's how much you owe God, and that's how much he says, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. It's taken care of. So in your bank account right now, you have four billion spiritual dollars of how much God has forgiven you. Your offense to God is 252 miles high, and you've got someone that owes you 80 bucks, and you're not willing to forgive them? See, Forgiveness is only possible when you understand this, that forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. See, I could only forgive this, uh, my roommate for what he did against me when I understood that my offense to God was far greater. The reason you can forgive 77 times the reason you can keep shelling out $80 is because your bank account is $4 billion. <laughs> it's because God has forgiven you far more than you can possibly understand. See, the cost for God was that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And when Jesus died for you, he filled up your bank account with $4 billion. And I'm not saying it's easy. $80 hurts. And, and every time someone wrongs you, giving them another $80 is not easy. And so for some of you when, you, when you think about your boyfriend, your girlfriend, like the thought of forgiving them is not easy. And I'm not saying it is, but it's possible because of Jesus. It's possible because you've been forgiven. 
And for some of you, you think about your best friend, or you think about your mom or your dad who did those awful things for you. And please don't hear me trivialize that. Please don't hear me say that's not a big deal. It's a very big deal. For some of you, it's not just $80. It's $80 times 10, times 20, times 30. It's a massive amount of money. But I promise you this, the amount that you've been forgiven is far greater. It's far greater. No matter how good you think you are, it's $4 billion either way. That's how much God has forgiven you. And I know it's not easy, but it's possible. And so tonight, the question for you is who? Who do you need to forgive? Who is it? Is it your mom, your dad, another family member, friends, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend? Who is it that has wronged you? And again, I'm not talking like just the, just the trivial stuff. I'm talking the stuff that is actually difficult. Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. I'm talking about the something, like the real authentic something to forgive. See, because God has forgiven you. God has forgiven you. Forgiven people forgive. And so don't, don't try this forgive and forget thing. Forgive your neighbor as you forgive yourself because your heavenly father has forgiven you. Let me pray for you. God, I know that this is not easy. And I know there are some people in the room that their big deal of forgiveness is, um, is tough. But I know there's other people in this room that their big deal of forgiveness feels impossible. It feels like, like where do I even begin? Because it's just going to be day after day of trying to forgive them and hurting and hurting and crying and tears. God, how can I forgive them? And, 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 and I, I, I know that this is difficult. And so what I ask God is that you remind them of how they've been forgiven. I'm not asking for you to make it easier. I'm just asking for you to remind them. Just tell them. Bring to mind all the things that they've done and then say, I paid for that. Like, I paid for that. God, would you give them just a glimpse into their bank account of $4 billion so that they forgive out of the overflow of what you have done for us? Jesus, we love you. And we're so grateful that you have forgiven us. Would we forgive? In Jesus' name.